Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. Now I will read the UU Theological Reflection and this one this week is on the second principle and uh, the next slide will show it. There we are. And if you wish you may join along and read it with me. We, the member congregations of the Canadian Unitarian Council, covenant to affirm and promote justice, equity and compassion in human relations. The reading I have for us today is number 510, which is in the Gray Hymnal, and it's written by the Reverend Jane Rzepka. O Spirit of life and renewal, we have wintered enough, mourned enough, oppressed ourselves enough. Our souls are too long cold and buried, our dreams all but forgotten, our hopes unheard. We are waiting to rise from the dead, in this the season of steady rebirth. We awaken to the power so abundant, so holy, that returns each year through earth and sky. We will find our hearts again and our good spirits. We will love and believe and give and wonder and feel again the eternal powers. The flow of life moves ever onward through one faithful spring and another. And in a few weeks, yet another. May we be forever grateful. Alleluia and Amen. If you look in your order of service, at the bottom of the page is our mission statement. It's there every week. We don't say it every week, but it's here every week. not small, is it? That mission statement. To join together in a caring community and strive to make our world a better place through our actions, increasing justice, equity, and compassion for everyone. There's no one piece of that that's small. Coming together is big. Creating a home for ourselves is big. Being in community, in relationship with lots of other humans, all of whom have histories and wounds and personalities 
not, not small, that, is it? And yet we're called, because of our theology, the things that we, we go through each week and we recite one piece of it each week, our values, our aspirations, our goals, the places we look to inspire us to go further and deeper. Everything in this mission grows out of who we are, how we are, but what then are the causes and conditions, to use the Buddhist phrasing, the causes and conditions that will make this, living this full mission, an ongoing practice for us as a people? This practice is one that requires us to remember both our own resilience and the presence of grace in ourselves, our communities, and in this mission. Resilience as an individual. This is our capacity to recover our balance, our center, and to get back to life after a difficult moment or a struggle. Think of it in terms of a simple elastic band. It's stretched, and then it returns to its original size. And if you let it go quickly, it hurts when it does that. Resilience as a people of faith is similar, although it's a little more elusive and fragile than a rubber band. There are so many difficulties in the world. Hopelessness, injustice, oppression, violence, conflict. And even the events in our personal lives, we heard about them this morning. The events that become our joys and our sorrows, our concerns and our blessings that we share week to week on Sunday mornings and in which we companion each other. Howard Thurman, brilliant theologian whose name I'm sure you've all heard, wrote these words, quote, Resilience is to watch a gathering darkness until all light is swallowed up completely without the power to interfere or bring a halt. Then in that darkness, to continue one's journey with one's footsteps guided by the illumination of remembered radiance. End quote. And that idea leads me to this concept of grace. The illumination of remembered radiance is a grace, a blessing, a gift. Grace, if you think about it, it's, it's the gifts that pepper our experience that offer us learning and growth and evolution as individuals, but also together as a collective. And it is the echo of the spirit of life and love in all human relation, interaction, and experience.
Rabindranath Tagore wrote these words. They aren't actually in the Grey Hymnal, although he is in the Grey Hymnal three or four times. The winds of grace are always blowing, but it is you that must raise your sails. I'd pay money for that one. I mean, that's worth it. The winds of grace are always blowing, but it is you that must raise your sails. Rabindranath Tagore. When we are together, truly together, in community, and reminded of the things that bind us, that brought us here, the unity in our diversity, we are each other's partners in raising those sails, aren't we? A gift in community is that we don't always have to raise the sails alone. Yes, you have to raise the sails. You have to be the one there. You have to be at, I'm not a sailor, at the ropes that make the sail go up. <laughs> sailor, thank you. <laughs> Somehow, despite having a family from Cape Cod, I have managed to avoid spending time on boats that have cloth and... <clears throat> I may have just shared one of my fears with you. Okay, moving on. <laughs> this, is, this is a gift in community, isn't it? We don't have to do it alone. And at the same time, what do you have to do to have somebody stand beside you and help you with something? What is it that so many of us are horrible at? Yeah. So here's a little tip. No one here is a mind reader. And they certainly didn't offer me any classes in mind reading when I was training for ministry. As far as I know, that's not actually an option in a minister's training. We have to actually talk to each other and communicate and ask. We have to ask for support and ask for help and ask for people to stand beside us. This is one of the difficulties of community, isn't it? Because it feels so frightening to ask someone to stand beside us. But the minute we're the one being asked, it's like, oh yeah, totally, I'm there. Yep, what can I do? Right? We love being the one who's asked, but we hate doing the asking. But this is a grace. Every time somebody shows up beside us, it is a grace. Every time we don't ask each other to be mind readers, it is a grace. This is community. And there's, there's more, right? The person standing beside us, raising the sail with us, might not be a like-minded person. Not in all ways, right? They may support a different political party. They may have a different theology. They could be from a different country. They could have a different first language from yours. They could be from a different generation than you. They may not feel the same about this issue or that issue. You may have a conversation with them over a meal and be like, wow, you're not really a person like me, but 
We're in the same community. I could go on, right? There are so many ways that there are differences here. And yet the person who steps up and helps you hoist a sail might be one of the people you didn't expect. That's community. How can we stand beside each other despite or perhaps because of how different we are? I mean, who here wants a homogenized, sanitized, antiseptic community where everybody's exactly like you? Thank you for being honest. (laughs) I can't give you that. We can't give each other that. Not if we are truly living into what it means to be a pluralist faith. How's that for complicated? Number 701 in your gray hymnal. These words come from Sarah Moores Campbell. We receive fragments of holiness, glimpses of eternity, brief moments of insight. Let us gather them up for the precious gifts that they are and renewed by their grace move boldly into the unknown. How's that for a charge? Where better to learn how to communicate and connect and accept each other as we are and celebrate diversity in unity and unity in diversity. And yes, that's a whole other sermon. How better to wind our way through the forming and the storming and the norming and the performing of a group, right? This is Bruce Tuckman's stages of group development. How better to go through that? And as a community of faith, we get to add a stage to those four because we get to add transforming. That's our mission, isn't it? To be courageous and bold in our work and make the world a better place. Not just for us, for everybody. And so what I've been walking us towards all year is this idea of beloved community. Very different from community. Community is what we live. Beloved community. It's a term popularized and expanded by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King coming originally from the philosopher and theologian Josiah Royce. In King's vision, beloved community is not exempt from conflict because conflict is understood to be a part of the human experience. And we can resolve conflict peacefully, becoming reconciled to those who we see as other or different or not like-minded by choosing this practice. The end, Martin Luther King said, is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles. End quote. 
The practice of working, practice, notice I'm using that word, the practice, not the place. The practice of beloved community and working towards it can begin to unravel misunderstandings. It can begin to work us through our entrained and socialized biases. Humans naturally homogenize. We naturally move towards tribalism, them, other. And we can choose a different path. That's our mission. We are choosing a different path. Within our principles and our sources and our aspirations, we have the guidance we need to remind ourselves to do just this. And our theology calls us to it. This is our charge as a home where we want to welcome as many as we possibly can. From the eighth principle project, yes, there is a project trying to add an eighth to our seven principles. From the eighth principle project, Quote, beloved community happens when people of diverse racial, ethnic, educational, class, gender, social orientation, backgrounds, identities, etc. come together in an interdependent relationship of love, mutual respect, and care that seeks to realize justice within the community and in the broader world. That's our mission. That makes sense. Beloved community, this is an aspiration, right? It is a practice, a spiritual practice. It is not a place, it is not a group. It is not one congregation or collection of congregations. It is not one faith. Those are all community and profoundly important. Beloved community is more. It's what we manifest through our being together and reaching out beyond these walls. It's all of us, all together, making the world a better place. We are the beneficiaries of all of those who came before us. We will be the beneficiaries to the generations who follow us. This creation and co-creation within community that leads to healthy community across decades and hopefully beloved community at moments. This is where resilience and grace are woven through the seasons. When the thriving community finds its work, the work we are compelled to do, to live our values in the world and live our mission, then you can see the seeds of beloved community beginning to germinate. What are stories that you know, your stories, from Cuff or beyond, about how you were compelled to work to make the world a better place, a more just place. And found yourself benefiting in unexpected ways. Your work 
was the least of the gifts because what you received in return was the real gift. Beloved community's roots grow from the essence of who we are, what we create by coming together, and it is the how of changing our world. Beloved community is what arises from the causes and conditions created by this thing that we do every week with each other. And it carries us on the wings of grace towards a better world. Let us today feel gratitude as the spirit of love and the spirit of life holds us patiently until we trust enough to rest and heal in that luminous presence. This love that holds us can be a gentle presence some days and others a terrifyingly beautiful one. For love includes suffering and sorrow. Love includes transformation and celebration. Love includes warmth and fulfillment. This love is grace embodied in our lives. Feel all of this. Know all of this. And choose to trust. Choose to feel confident in the bounty of love that is holding us all. May we this week continuously give thanks for the love that holds us. May our trust in love heal us. May we know our own strength to hold all the experiences of life and become the change we wish for in the world. Hariom Shanti Shalom. Peace. Blessed be. These words come from the UU minister, my colleague, the, Rebe- the, Rebe- the Reverend Rebecca Savage. Sorry. This is benediction number one from The Promise and the Practice. Spirit of life, Spirit of love, we have gathered under the banner of many faiths. We are born of a welcoming grace that extends and receives love. We are touched by the ways we have fallen short of who we strive to be, and we hear we reborn, forged by a greater courage. Let us move from this place, encouraged and refreshed for the journey ahead. May it be so, and blessed be. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship. Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.